Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Rodcast. I'm joined uh, by Pastor Rod. We've got a great conversation today. We're going to be talking about this incredible truth about how does God draw people to Jesus. And there's this great scripture from Jesus in John 6 verse 44 says, For no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me, and at the last day I will raise them up. Amazing promise here. And so, Pastor Rod, from your experience and from what you've seen, how does how, how does God draw people to Jesus? How does he do it? I don't know, but he does it. Um, I came to Jesus Christ from a, a non-Christian background. I was drawn. Uh, you're from a Christian background, and you were drawn. Mm-hmm. So it seems to be a universal thing that, that those who love the Lord, um, who know him, can talk about this concept that somehow all the pieces came together and and I was drawn to God. And so it's a really strong statement by Jesus, actually. It needs to be reflected on, thought about. Mm. Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him or her. Mm. And I'll raise them up on the last day, which is in heaven. So yeah. there is a drawing. There has to be a drawing of God for people to get saved. That's what it's mm. saying. And I'm so glad God drew me. It was um, when I was 19. That's 43 years ago. And um, I was a, a fireman in Sydney, and I was far from God. With, with my background was in the occult, occult reading and learning, and which didn't make me happy. It made me very depressed and sad. There's nothing good in that. Um, but I was what we called back then a new ager or a spiritual seeker, um, a spiritual person. Um, today they'd call them a nun, which means no religion. Um, but a lot of nuns actually do believe in something. That was me. And um, away from God, and it was through a big fire experience as a fireman that I survived, obviously, um, <laughs> that made me think about God. And for the next six months, I felt drawn. Now, at the time, I don't know how strong I would say it was, but looking back at those six months, I remember it. I remember the, 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 the questions and the thoughts and the the ups and the downs, the ins and the outs, the mm. the times I was interested to talk about God and times I was angry to talk about God during that searching period. But I can't deny that somebody, now I know now the Holy Spirit, drew me mm. to know God. Now, that doesn't take away personal decision ever, ever. It's not a robot thing, a forced mm. thing. It's an opportunity. Mm. I believe this drawing from the Holy Spirit is our chance to seek to ask questions. Um, I believe there's there's some sections of this actually. And for me, that fire experience is what I call an awakening. Mm. And um, I, I think most people do talk about this moment of awakening that can happen through many things. For example, for me, it was being protected. Um, some people talk about an awakening in the night, a dream, a vision, a, a thought, a reflection on destiny, mm. um, a conversation, a crisis something like a divorce or a, um, I've got lots of friends who started to seek God after a divorce and it was very painful and then they were asking life questions. Mm. So some of the situations are not nice, in fact, painful, and others are actually pleasurable. I, I know one girl who was scuba diving and in the middle of a scuba dive was aware of the beauty of the fish and that and she thought there must be a God and she started to seek the Lord and came to Tokyo and became a believer. In Jesus, wow. her awakening was scuba diving. I've heard of other Japanese that were on a tour somewhere in Europe in a big cathedral, 
and they looked up and they heard a bit of history and there was an awakening. There must be a wow. God. And so this moment of awakening, I would call the first time we're aware that God is calling us or drawing us. Mm. And I, wow. I think it happens a lot. But that again, that doesn't mean people get saved or that it doesn't mean they become a believer. It means God is starting a stronger pull in mm. people's life. Now, for someone like you who is a, a believing background, Adrian, you could probably tell me, was there an awakening for you sometime? Yeah. Personally? There, yeah, there definitely was. So, um, as you mentioned, I grew up in a Christian home. So, as far back as I can remember, I was going to church. And I'm so grateful for those that, that opportunity. And um, I remember my parents teaching me how to pray, bought me Bibles as a kid, I uh, read Bible stories to me. So I, I've always grown up with these stories. Um, I did the Alpha course when I was 16. Wow. <laughs> before they had the originals. Videos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before they had videos, it was just like an actual, like you had questions to talk about. Mm. So I went through all of that. And, and I remember it being, it being impactful for my life. But uh, honestly, I didn't have, I didn't have a desire to follow God and I didn't have a, sense of purpose in my life but then at the age of 17 i was a friend invited me to a church so i went to uh, his church uh, he went to a different church than me and they were having a service on a sunday evening focused more at young people and there was probably mm. five six hundred people there it was a big big service and at the end of the message the pastor who was preaching was just praying for everyone and he but he opened his eyes and he pointed directly at me and he just said to me simple words. He said, young man, I feel God wants to encourage you today that he loves you and he has a plan and purpose for your life. And and in that moment, words that I'd heard often, but all of a sudden there was a, an awakening. I felt the presence of God. I felt God's love and his power Ooh. upon me. And I, I began to weep. I just, I was overwhelmed, um, just Ooh. overwhelmed in a good way, overwhelmed with God's love Ooh. and and I felt like new dreams and visions start to arise in my heart. So that for me was, there was many drawing moments right yeah. throughout my childhood, but there was a significant moment where it was kind of like I was drawn closer, closer, and then all of a sudden God pulled me in. And yeah. there was like this wow moment where mm. no longer was I a Christian because I grew up in a Christian home, but now I was a Christian because I believed in Jesus and I yeah. experienced Jesus. So, yeah. yeah. And so you had all at once, you had an awakening, a journey, yeah. and a decision, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that a lot of people, it is very simultaneous because mm. the awakening is all they needed. It yeah. was just the, that, that incredible moment where the Holy Spirit mm. just touched you deeply. There was a lot of foundations in place. There was a lot of understanding in place. Mm. And you just needed that that moment with God. And there's many people listening would say, that's me. That happened to me. Mm. Um, yeah. We even have a family friend that um, she's now an older lady, uh, a lovely woman, um, who said she got firmly saved at the age of three and never backslid. And I said, three? Mm. Like, like, really? Does that happen? And she said it was real. I, was, I remember it like today, a three-year-old. Wow. And, and, and she just loved the Lord. And she's never, ever backslidden. And she's over. She'd be almost seventy now, and wow. um, it, it it just happens. There's, there's, there, mm -hmm. it, so there's no there's no rules in this, is there? There's no there's no yeah. laws. Um, it's just this beautiful scripture where God's saying, um, "No one can come unless they're drawn by the Father." So you were drawn at was it seventeen? Drawn, 
17, yeah. Now, we could argue whether you're already saved or not. You probably were. But there was this, 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 this personal, mm. life-changing moment with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. For me, as a non-Christian, totally outside, my night of awakening, awakening it took me six months to make a decision. Mm. So there was an awakening, there was a process of six months, and there was a decision. Yeah. Um, for my wife, who comes from a non-Christian family, when she was 17, um, she, she found a Bible and started to read it, and a friend invited her to church. And sometime in that year, she gave her life to Jesus, and she can't mm. name the date or the month, but the, probably the, the, some season in the year. Mm. So her awakening was getting a Bible and starting to read, and there was a slow awakening. So what, mm. what I want to say is every one of us, our moments of awakening, journey, and decision are going to be totally different. Yeah. But we can put it down to this scripture that no one has actually made that journey mm. without the Holy Spirit's help. There had to be a moving of God in our lives, which means God loves us. Hey? It just means yeah. he just loves, loves us yeah. so much. But that awakening, we we um, have the great opportunity in Japan to see that awakening probably more mm. than many countries because just like me, they're coming from outside, no knowledge. Well, I had some knowledge of Christ, I must admit, from mm. being in Australia. But here in Japan, no knowledge of Christ and there's an awakening. So one of our great pastors, Tasuke, um, he came one day and and when he about 10 years ago and he, he loved mm. it it was great it was amazing are you coming back no and um <laughs> and uh, and then we had this big earthquake in japan and um that didn't make him a believer but the big earthquake made him think about purpose mm. and he thought i want to do something for my nation japan this is a non-christian mm. i want to do something for my nation japan and in that thinking his memory of coming to church came back to him and mm. he thought that was a good place talking about purpose and he came back and he got saved fast. Yeah. So, you know, once again, an outsider, often the awakening is not what it looks like. You, yeah. you just don't know what is – you don't know what's happening in people's lives. Hey, I think this is exciting about evangelism is mm. you don't know. You just yeah. don't know. We've got another girl that – um uh, she texted someone to, to come to church with her at Christmas a number of years ago. Mm. And she prayed about it and she texted this non-Christian girl and the, the girl, um, actually she might have been a, a, made some decision and walked away. And the girl was in hospital. That she, The girl that she texted was in hospital and she wrote mm. back and said, did God tell you to text me because I'm in hospital, I'm in need. Mm. And our girl said, yes, yes, I prayed about this. And the girl said, I'll come next week. And she came and she got saved and became a leader in our church. Um, mm. The awakening was someone sending a text in a crisis. Yeah. And it, 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 it awakened. Mm. And, and so because life is so full and rich, it's like a mm. jigsaw puzzle. And maybe only in retrospect do we see the time of awakening. Yeah. But us being involved here for 20 years with people who have never heard about Jesus, we see all sorts of amazing awakenings. Um, some of them are long time, some of them are short, yeah. um, but we do see it. And mm. I want to encourage people. It's happening in your country too. It's happening in your suburb. It's happening in your family. Mm. There are moments of awakening, and we've got to be aware and alert to these little changes 
that mm-hmm. might occur in friends and people's lives, even someone saying to you, I'm not, I'm not well, and you have mm-hmm. a chance to say, well, could I just pray for you? Or yeah. someone saying, I'm in pain and through a relational breakdown, and we say, well, mm-hmm. could I just help you? Or mm-hmm. um, it, We just don't know how we could be part of that awakening that mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is doing. Um, and this is why I love to pray for anybody, non-Christians, yeah. Christians, just pray, pray for healing, pray for blessing, pray for yeah. increase. Um, and yeah. uh, you just don't know. It could be that moment yeah. of awakening yeah. where God, getting back to the scripture, where God is starting to draw them at a new level, a different yeah. degree of yeah. his power. Does yeah. that make sense, mate? I guess you've seen lots of yeah. awakenings too. Yeah, just so many. And <clears throat> just one one that I can think of recently, we have a wonderful Thai lady in our church um, and she she got she became really sick. She lives here in Japan. She became really sick and uh, with an autoimmune disease. And she started talking with her friend in in Thailand who lives in Bangkok. Who is who, who her friend is a follower of Jesus. So this girl wasn't a follower of Jesus. She was following another religion. And her friend said to her, "Jesus can heal you. Um, uh, you should go to church." So she, her friend in Thailand, Google churches in Tokyo, found Lifehouse and sent her. A message said you need to go to this church and she came and i remember meeting her um because i followed her up because she did like a she did your plan your visit online and so i messaged her and we met up and my wife and i met her and she just she said she was first um and i guess this is part of the drawing a friend encouraged her to come to church she came to church she met friendly people so that was yep. part of the drawing she didn't make a decision yep. to follow jesus <clears throat> but she met friendly people, and a few weeks later, uh, she she made a decision. She she had an encounter with God during during one of the messages. She realized Ooh. there was a moment where she was like, "Wow, Jesus is real, and I want to follow Him." And and she she made that commitment. She got baptized. She's serving on the dream team. She Ooh. she hasn't been healed yet. We're believing for that. We're still praying for it, and we know that I really believe that Jesus will do it. Uh, but there was that that journey of a friend inviting, meeting friendly people, hearing a message, and then uh, came and and just made that commitment to follow Jesus, and just is so full of joy. Um, and Amazing. You can see it in her life, yeah. Don't you love that? So you talked about the awakening, the journey, and the decision. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. We heard about this recently um, this week from our church in Hiroshima. Same same story. A total unbeliever, Japanese, mm. came to church first time, mm. said afterwards it was so positive. People were so friendly. I didn't understand the message at all. <laughs> we, we, we get that a lot in Japan. I get that a lot in my preaching here. It's like, oh, gee, I can't be a very good communicator. But it's part of the journey. And this person said, this is just last week, so this is a, an unfinished testimony. I want to come back because this is the most positive people, friendly, and although I didn't understand, it was good. Mm. Now, that is an awakening. And we've mm. seen many of those here in Tokyo and other places too where um, people didn't understand. It's just like your Thai girl there. So mm. the, the mind actually has to catch up with what God's doing in the heart sometimes. This is mm. a pretty important topic here. Yeah. Because I remember for me, my brain didn't know what was happening when my heart was moving towards Jesus either. It was like, whoa, what's going on here? I'm feeling different. I'm, yeah. I'm actually interested in reading the Bible. 
Um, and previously, I would have seen that as something I would never have done. Um, yeah. But now I'm doing it, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. So the shift is real. Mm. That moment where people say, um, I want to come back, or can we talk about that? Mm. You know, we've had people here recently, again, who have been away or haven't. Our first meeting with them was like six or eight years ago. Yeah. And some crisis sparked in them the memory of mm. something in our church six or eight years ago when they visited for the first time and they've come wow. back and got saved. So mm. there's something of a storehouse, isn't, isn't there? There's a mm. storehouse of memories and thoughts and emotions yeah. that all of a sudden um, the Father touches, the Father mm. in heaven touches, and there's a response. Yeah. There's an awakening. So yeah. I love this. And I've seen this in the, I've been in 50 nations now and I've seen it with um, mm. the most Christian of nations and the least of Christian nations. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be um, that different how yeah. this how this works because God the Father understands hearts. Yeah. He's, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave mm. Jesus, John three sixteen. God so loved yeah. and understands the world that he can touch any heart. It mm. is possible. That's yeah. so encouraging, isn't it? It's so good. So good. And I just want to change tack a little bit. So we've we got this truth that the Father draws people. We can't come to the Father unless He draws us. We can't come to Jesus unless the Father draws us. We know that God loves the world so much. And there's also a scripture that says that God desires that all people should be saved. So this is, with that said, and knowing that God is working behind the scenes what role do we play then as followers of Jesus? If God is drawing hearts, what do we do? <laughs> uh, I mean, that is the question, isn't it? And the next question is, why haven't more people come to Christ? There's a lot of questions that follow this question. Mm. I think there's a couple of ways I want to answer this, but the main, the main way I want to answer is that we also play a part in the plan of God on the earth, that the Holy Spirit touches and moves and there's dreams and there's visions and there's healings, mm. but not everyone comes to Christ. And one, one reason is because they just don't respond. I can think of Jesus healing 10 lepers, 10, 10 men, men with skin problems, and it said all 10 were healed. Jesus healed mm. 10 out of 10. They were not believers. Mm. One came back and thanked Jesus. And Jesus said, were the other nine not healed? And the answer was, no, they were all healed. Everyone was healed, but one came back, and he's a Samaritan, and he's an outsider, and he's so mm. thankful. It's an interesting story, but I've seen this many times where I've prayed for many people in Indonesia and the Philippines, and I've seen thousands of healings, and there have been maybe not thousands of people responding, mm. but there are maybe hundreds. And um, so there's this, there's this, this, this issue. Everyone has a free will, mm. and everyone has their own context they've got to work through. And I said before, some it takes time for that yeah. seed to work through. But the second part of my, my answer is that we have to share good news. Mm. This is a big part of what Jesus came to, to do with his disciples. He said, mm. go and share good news with the whole world. Every ethnic mm. group, every people of the world, go and share. And Jesus um, wants us to share. And we, we talked last week about 42% of the world have never heard about Jesus. And you sort of think, well, mm. if God is drawing, how can that be? Well, the answer is pretty clear here in Romans chapter 10, and it's very confronting actually because Paul is speaking to the Romans who were not a, not a believing group. Well, these, these ones were he's writing to, but Rome was not a believing nation. And he says, he says these words that um, 
Uh, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? That word preach means communicate. And how can they communicate unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So Paul asks a rhetorical question. How can people believe if they haven't heard? And how can they hear if someone doesn't tell them? So there needs to be a a move of the Holy Spirit in our heart, but there needs to be a human being to come and share as well. There yeah. needs to be this, this human divine connection with evangelism discipleship, this, mm. this human divine connection. And so that's what we're doing in Japan. We're not here to force anyone to become a believer. We're here to give an opportunity to hear, and many have responded yeah. uh, to that. So we play a part in this. So when you see a nation like Japan, which is the second most unreached nation in the world, number one being Bangladesh, this is the second most unreached, 125 million people who have never heard about Jesus, never heard the gospel, and we say, why? And the answer cannot be that God's not touching them. That, that cannot be the answer. Yeah. The answer must be the other part of this, this divine connection with people need to go and tell them. Yeah. Because as we have taught them and shared for 20 years, we've found open, willing hearts. Mm-hmm. And not just us, but our great friends who have come from Hawaii and United States and Singapore mm-hmm. recently and Australia have found open hearts mm-hmm. as they've come. So there needs to be this, this divine connection. And then it says, and how, can, how can there be the preaching or the communication unless they're sent? So there's the second part of the problem here is that people need to be sent by people, by churches. Yeah. There needs to be a strategic response to now if people believe that Japanese are hard hearted and some even say God has made their heart hard, which is an unbiblical, ungodly statement that we reject outright. But some people say, Oh well, Japan's not reached because the people were hard. And we come here and find the people open. So that's not true that they had hard hearts. Mm. What is true is they never heard in a way they could understand or respond to. So we have to send people. And to send people, Mm. we also need to train people and raise finance. Mm. And I talked last week about this young couple in Texas who felt called and their church got behind them and they've raised money and they're coming very soon because mm. they feel burdened to share good news in Japan. Come on. Right? Yeah. We're going to have some more reinforcements. Yay. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Because, because Jesus said the harvest is ripe, yeah. but the labor is a few. And there it is again. The harvest is ripe. It's not people's hearts. Mm. It's that the laborers are not going. Yeah. And this brings us to a very difficult question of why aren't people going? Mm. Is it because there's no opportunity to know and there's no structures or is it people have heard the call and have not responded mm. or is it that there's no passion? Because us as people who are involved in the unreached world, the unreached 42%, we feel passionate. We're with these beautiful people and our longing of our heart says, God, where are the reinforcements? Where are the others? Yeah. Who yeah. are you sending? It can't be just us. Mm. Oh, God. And, and there are a number of others that we rejoice with. But mm. really, 
Yeah. Really, this country needs another thousand churches today, another ten thousand yeah. churches today. Yeah. And so does other beautiful countries that I've worked in, like Thailand and um, parts of Indonesia, and anyway, on and on. Mm. So I'm rambling a bit now. I'm preaching a bit, but this is a mm. passionate area because I know God touched me. Mm. And God gave me two Christian friends to help me on my six-month journey. I was 19. I was moved. I was touched. And my friend gave me a Bible. Mm. And I said, I don't want to read that. And they said, Rod, you're a seeker. If we had given you any other religious book in the world, would you have read it? And I said, yeah. Mm. And they said, well, we're giving you a Bible. Why wouldn't you read that? And I thought, I said, that's a good challenge. Mm. I'll read it. Where do I start? I opened up the book of Mark and I started reading about Jesus straight away. Mm. That was my journey. I needed two friends. Mm. I needed some friends. Yeah. I needed somebody to mm. share and I had stupid questions all the time and mm. they were very patient and then I had some good questions too. Yeah. Six months with those two friends and then I finally made a decision to follow mm. Jesus and those two friends were there that night that I made my decision yeah. for Jesus. Wow. So, so I don't know where we got off track here somewhere mm. by that, but why? It has to be that the labor is a few. That yeah. does seem to be what it says in Romans, and it says yeah. with Jesus in Luke chapter 10 and Matthew 9, Jesus mm. says the same thing, yeah. that the, the, the harvest is ripe, hearts mm. are awakened, hearts are ready. Yeah. And then you look at the whole Bible, you look at the whole Bible account, it's God interacting with awakenings yeah, and journeys and decisions, and it's still happening mm. today. Wow, that's awesome. So it seems clear that, that, that we, God, God involves us in his drawing process. Like Jesus said to his disciples, just as the Father sent me, now I send you, go. And he sent them into all the world. And 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 you mentioned your two friends and i think for me i had i had two friends i had a friend who invited me to church and i had a pastor who prophesied over me and those two people were uh, involved on that day obviously before that there were many people who had invested in my life and so it's definitely a key so um i think i want to talk about if you could help encourage three groups of people yeah number one is like a group Someone who's in their city, what can they do in the city, the nation that they are called right now to be a part of this process? Number two, maybe someone's feeling stirred to come to an unreached nation as an individual. What can they do? Number three is for church leaders. What, how would you encourage them to equip their church yeah. to be a part of, a part of this? So, <laughs> yeah, the, God's answer is the local church. Jesus yeah. said, where two or three gather together, I'm right there in the middle. So it doesn't have to be a big local church, but it has to be a local church mm. in the community, loving people. And I would say, get involved in your local church mission. And mm. if your local church doesn't have a mission, then do something for someone. Organize some you know, lawn mowing drive for some poor people or, or, or some serving area in mm. the local church as a local church. It just takes two or three to have an idea and to mm. bless some people. and But I'm sure your local church is doing something. And so join that. The, mm. the best thing to do is join what your church is doing for a start, and then other mm. ideas will come out of that. So you don't have to be a lone ranger or a, mm. a, an original thinker. Just, just put your heart and effort into serving the local mm. church and serving people. Mm. Secondly, if you want to be involved in, 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 in a mission, um, ask your pastor or leaders, 
do, does our church have any mission or do our friends have any mission that I can join? So it could be another friend's church or get on a mission, mm-hmm. a short-term mission, um, start to understand the world. Uh, there's a, a group called Joshua Project. I think it's mm-hmm. joshuaproject.org or .com and mm-hmm. they've got statistics. Start to become aware of the, the world, um, become an aware Christian. Um, yeah. and, and, and ask your pastor, what are we involved in? Can, can I be part of our mission? Uh, could we do a mission? Don't, don't become a pain, but certainly be a blessing in that process yeah. about what we could do. But it's the local church. Mm. It's the local church that God has placed. It says in Ephesians 2, God has made the local church to be this, this center of growth and structure in the world. It's a, it's a miracle. It's a mystery. And I love the local church. And finally, church leaders, um, get on mission yourself. It'd be great if you could come on a short-term mission. Mm. You can connect with us or one of the other great churches in your life. But get mm. on a mission and, and and see the big world. The mm. world is big. We um, we actually had a young man come from the country area of Alabama, a little tiny place, a little tiny church and a little tiny town, and came to Japan for six months. And he just said, he now is a world Christian, went back to America, and he's now a youth pastor um, yeah. in, a, in a larger city. But it was he's, his eyes were open to the world. Mm. And I just think any Christian leader should be exposed to missions, yeah. should be exposed to the needs, mm. and, and you'll be blessed. And uh, a lot of people are going to be blessed through you and through the local church. So I believe in the local church and church-to-church missions from a local church to a local church somewhere mm. and back to bless the local church. So good. Love it. And yeah, I think there's just such great opportunities for us to invite friends, uh, invite friends to church, invite friends on the journey. Uh, that's something we've been speaking. As we're recording this, we're probably three weeks away from Christmas. Um, so uh, the past month, we've been sharing every Sunday to our community. Guys, invite your friends. It's a great opportunity. Phone a friend, text a friend. Um, and this, even this past week, I I had a, a dinner with a work colleague I hadn't seen uh, for uh, three years, and we had a great catch up. Invited him to church. He's keen to come on Sunday uh, or on the on Christmas Sunday. And the 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 catch was, I'm dressing up like Santa. You're gonna have a photo with me <laughs> and your son, and he's keen to come to church now. So. I think there's so many opportunities uh, just to simply invite people and be a part of that journey of God drawing people. So awesome. Any final words, uh, Pastor Rod? Uh, God loves you and your community and your church. And I just really want to encourage you to pray and say, God, what is this one thing I can do in life? It's a big Mm -hmm. question. There there was a famous cricketer from England who served the Lord in India and uh, China and Africa. CT Stud, he said these words, there's only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. Mm. Live, for, live for big things, live for eternity. Mm. Um, another great man said, as Xavier said, give up your small ambitions and come and change the world. I think this is a big call right now mm. for people yeah. to be involved in our, our big world with a big God. And mm. I pray that you would come on that journey with us. Come on. Awesome. Can you pray for us and then we can finish? Lord, I really pray for everyone that they'd get on mission with you, get on purpose, get into destiny and eternity and big mm. concepts in life that we're here to make a difference. I believe there are people listening who might have given up some of that, but today there's a challenge to take back 
destiny, to take back purpose. Mm. And I pray for that. I also pray for a, a release of God, of, of mission into churches, local churches, pastors, leaders would be uh, empowered, uh, excited to mm. go on mission again or, or even more mission. And there'd be an, uh, an increase of your sharing. Lord, you are drawing hearts. And I pray that we, your people, can mm. link, cooperate, partner with you, Holy Spirit, in this wonderful work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Pastor Rod. It was an awesome chat. And just thank you, everyone, for connecting. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please leave a review, share it with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you and uh, keep sharing with others. And we hope to catch you next time. See you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.